Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing? Come on, let's put our hands together and I wanna welcome, uh, wanna welcome all of our locations right now. Everybody watching online and uh, church, we're celebrating today because we actually opened our ninth location here in the United States, Celebration Lake Howe. It's our second campus in Orlando. Let's give God a big, big hand for that. And uh, we're, we're, we're looking at, I mean, we're looking forward to celebrating that next weekend. And we're already hearing great reports of what's going on down there in Orlando. And how many of you are ready for Dr. Cloud next weekend, man? It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And, uh, and because we have some guests coming in over the next few weeks, I just wanna give everyone a, a reminder, just a little etiquette thing. Remember, if, if uh, you've chosen to, we, we highly encourage you to put your baby in uh, nursery preschool, but if you have your baby in the service, please, if it begins to cry, if you, know, you could go out to our family lounge. And, uh, and then also, I just wanna remind everyone, you know, the way that we do our services, kinda at the end of my message, we kinda kind of flow right into a worship song. It's not a full worship song. It's just kind of a real uh, kind of quick worship song just to kind of engage us in God's presence again from the word. And that's a real sensitive time. It's the time where people uh, every week surrender their lives to Jesus. And, and there's a lot going on in people in that moment. And so I'm just gonna ask everyone, when that song starts, if, if you could please not leave. If you could just wait a couple of more minutes and we'll all be done just because it's a real sensitive time uh, where people are, how many of you know receiving Jesus is a pretty big, important decision? That's like, so, and it's, and it's, um, and it's just a few minutes there. So, so you do that and I promise I won't preach long. Starting next week, I won't preach long, okay? Because football season's coming. No, I'm not gonna, I'm Look, I, I know how to behave. I know when football starts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be locked in uh, to that clock. But uh, it's going to be a great weekend next weekend with Dr. Cloud. And I'm excited about concluding our Above the Sun series. How many of you have enjoyed this series so far? Above the Sun. Man, I, I really feel like it's something that, that God gave me to give to you. And uh, just so you'll know, that's always my prayer. My prayer is always, just like before I walked out on stage and during the week when I'm praying and preparing, it's like, Lord, you know what your people need. Give your people what they need. Give your people what they need. And uh, I really feel like that God has really uh, strengthened us and encouraged us about how to have the proper perspective uh, in life. If you weren't here the last couple of weekends, please go online and watch that message because we've kind of been building every week. And we're going to kind of do the third and final installment of the series uh, today. And I want to talk to you today uh, about kind of making sense of the mayhem and the craziness in our world. You know, there's just a lot of crazy things uh, that happen, a lot of things that seem really random. And I kind of want to bring that into play. Also want to talk about uh, comparison a little bit. And if I had a title for this message, well, I guess I do. I guess this is the title. Um, it's this, you're doing better than you think. You're doing better than you think. And you know, I say that all the time. And uh, it really is a biblical truth. 
and a heavenly reality, you are doing better than you think. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word, God. Lord, I thank you today. We're going to lean in. And God, you're going to bring your word. And by the Holy Spirit, God, you are going to lift us, Lord. And you're going to bring truth, God. And you're going to bring encouragement, Lord. And I just thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. How many of you are familiar with the serenity prayer, the, the serenity prayer. You know, it's, it's very common if you're in a recovery group. Um, and uh, by, I mean, aren't we just kind of all in recovery? I mean, in some way, shape, or form, even if you don't go to recovery or whatever. Come on, we're, that, that's what the gospel is. Jesus puts us in recovery. Come on, till we get to... to <laughs> it, you might, look, if you're not in AA, you're in SA, Sinners Anonymous. All right, so... But there's a real familiar prayer. In fact, I, I can remember them teaching me this prayer in Sunday school, and you'll see it sometimes. People like have it, you know, in a frame on their wall. Real, real common prayer called the Serenity Prayer. And this week, as I was just reading, um, I came across uh, the Serenity Prayer again, and uh, I found out who who wrote the Serenity Prayer. And so I kind of wanted to kind of bring that to you. Here's how it goes. Serenity now, serenity now. And it was written by Frank Costanza, the father of George Costanza. That was a joke. That's, you, have to, you have to watch Seinfeld every now and then. Okay, that's not the serenity prayer that I'm talking about. All right. It was actually, they traced it back to this guy, Reinhold Nabor. And they think it was even before him. Let me, let me read you the serenity prayer that I think many of us are familiar with. And it, it really speaks to this series. Look at this. It says, God, give us grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Isn't that a great prayer? That's a great prayer. Do you know that's only half of the prayer? I never knew this about the serenity prayer. I've always known that half, but I came across this week, no, that, that's just the first half of this prayer. I wanna read you the, the whole thing. It really speaks to what we've been talking about. Look, God, give us grace except with serenity, the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, Enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Remember week one, we talked about expectations. Not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right. If I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with you forever in the next. That's a healthy perspective right there. And it really sums up so much we've been talking about, about really having the right expectations about what life brings us and what we experience under the sun, understanding that our joy and our contentment comes from above the sun because there's nothing on this earth that will satisfy. And we've been talking about contentment and how to be content 
in this life. And so here's a question I want to pose to you right now. When will you start to enjoy your life? When will you start to enjoy your life? Well, so I just can't enjoy my life right now. Well, then something's wrong with the Bible. Because the Bible says that Jesus came. Jesus said in John 10.10, I've come that you might have life and to have that life to the full. It also says in 1 Timothy 6.17 that God has given us everything for our enjoyment. It also says that the kingdom of God, so if you have the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus in you, if you've surrendered to Jesus, is righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. So the Bible gives us these scriptures that even while we live in this difficult, troublesome world under the sun, we can enjoy our lives. I love what that prayer said, how like we, we're gonna be, we, can, we can thank you, Jesus, because of him. We can be reasonably happy in this life, but remember, we're gonna be supremely happy in the next. And here's, here's what happens to us. This is kind of the trap if we're just focused on what's under the sun, what, what this short life offers us, what it brings to us. It's like, it's like we're always in this, this, this mindset and we fall into this trap of, I'll enjoy my life in the next season. Like even our uh, high school students, you know, it starts off in high school. I'm really gonna enjoy life when I'm in college. You know, when I'm 18, when I'm 21, why do you want to be 18? Why do you want to be 21? You don't need to be going, getting drunk and all that stuff anyway. Oh, thanks a lot for the help, parents. All right, thanks a lot. But you know what? When I turn 21, then, then, then I'll really enjoy life, you know? And, and, then, and now I'm in college. And so, man, when I finally graduate from college, then I'll be happy. Then when I get the job I want, then I'll be happy. Then when I leave the job that I no longer like and get a different job, then I'll be happy. And I'm still single, so now I can't be happy. I can't enjoy my life until I get married. And so I, you know, I wanna make sure that God knows you know, that I need to be married by this age with this kind of guy. Lord, just bring him. I'm on farmersonly.com every single night. So then when I get married, then I can enjoy my life. And then we get married, but then when I have kids, then I can enjoy my life. And then I need my kids to get out of the house, and then I can enjoy my life. <laughs> and then, you know, when I'm able to move in that neighborhood or finally get this raise or be liked by these people or achieve this level of success, then, then, I'll, I'll, then I can enjoy my life and if we're not careful, all of a sudden, we look back and we never really enjoyed what God gave us to enjoy. And we look back and we say, remember, remember, remember the process? When I get here, I'll be happy. When I get here, I'll enjoy my life. When I get here, I'm enjoying my life. When I get here, I'm enjoying my life. And then we look back and we say, oh man, the good old days. <laughs> Remember the good old days. 
So that's what you did. You were going to wait till the next season to enjoy your life. And now the way that you're enjoying your life now is to look back on the season that you couldn't enjoy your life and say, man, the good old days. Hmm. You know, Chris, Pastor Chris and I were talking. Maybe you know Chris. Uh, he started the church with me. It was just a few of us. We had seven people when we started the church um, almost 19 years ago. Can you guys believe that? 19 years ago? Almost. Almost. So it's going to be awesome because next fall, fall 2018, um, we're going to be celebrating our 20th year anniversary at Celebration. We're, we're going to celebrate. But Chris and I were talking about, we were in the office just the other day, and we started talking. We were like, man, remember, we, it was like, remember the good old days? Remember how, how it was, and, and, and we went back to when we just started the church. We started, we planted it in Jacksonville Country Day School, just right down here, four or five miles down the road. 19 years, we've come five miles, that's it, but we're slow and steady. So, right down the road, listen, listen, man, we, we were in the gym. I remember after a couple of months, we had like 150 people. Oh my gosh, we were so, we were so happy. We were so like, Man, this, this is amazing. We're so appreciative. It's like 150 people in the gym. Listen, let me tell you something about celebration 19 years ago, okay? It was horrible. What I mean, now not Jesus and not the intangibles, but I'm saying, man, everything. Our worship was bad. My preaching was bad. If you can actually believe that, my preaching was bad. Just kidding. The, the, everything. We didn't have AC in the, in the nursery uh, preschool, uh, the kids' church, everything. When we started the church, we would pray, man. We'd pray. We'd be like, God, don't send us any Christians. We only want to reach lost people. Don't bring us any people that already know you. We're, we're only here to reach the lost. Well, you know what? After two months, after we had baptized 86 people in the swimming pool of JCDS, and, and we had about 150 people, and that was including kids and dogs and anyone that walked by on the sidewalk. <laughs> After about two, two months, no one knew how to worship. No one knew how to tithe. No one knew how to serve. No one knew how to lead a group. Boy, that prayer changed real, real quick. I we're like, God, okay, God, keep bringing the lost. Lord, please get us some Christians in here to help. Man, and back in those days, Chris and I, we, we both moved in. We bo both, our families, we got houses in Julington Creek. Julington Creek, like, like, like right down the street from each other. Come on, spec home, 130K back in the day. And man, we'd have service at, 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 at 1030, one service. That seems like a vacation now. We would come home. We would just rejoice in what God did. You know, then we'd go play nine holes of golf uh, in that neighborhood which nine holes is my favorite amount of holes uh, to play in golf because, you know, if you shoot a bad score and someone says, what do you shoot? You're like, well, I wouldn't keep in score because I was only playing nine holes and not 18. And then if you shoot a really good score on those nine holes, we just double it because that's what you would have shot on the 18, <laughs> right? And then uh, Carrie and I and Ash and our families, we, we go to one of our houses and we grill and we just celebrate and, and, and we were just so grateful and thankful for what God was doing. Now watch. Now let's fast forward 18 plus almost 19 years. 
We don't have like 150 people coming on the weekend. We have like 13,000 plus coming on the weekend at all of our locations. And just remind, if you're new, like everything that, look, when we first started the church, Chris and I, we would do anything for somebody to come to church. Anything to reach one person. One, one afternoon, we went over to a single mom's house and we cleaned her toilet. Cleaned her toilet. No, we would do anything. You see, well, that's a whole nother message. Because a lot of times people look at the platform and they don't see when you were cleaning toilets. Do you see what I'm saying? They don't, they don't see. We would do anything. And so, so, I mean, we were so glad that people would actually come to the church. So those signs that you see out there, we are so glad that you're here. That's not just some slogan that we came up with. That was the intangible value of, of, of celebration that still is here today. Diversity, another intangible value that's very, very important to us. All back, all back in that day. But here, here's the thing. If you would have told us, Chris and I, back then with 150 people, that one day, oh, you'd have all these locations, that your church, the church would have over 13,000 people coming on the weekend that you would uh, have all the, you know, Zimbabwe and feeding over 25,000 kids every day and all these missions and partnering with, with ARC and, and planning about 100 churches a year through ARC and all, if you would have told us that. First of all, 19 years ago, like Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Church, Purpose Driven Life, Saddleback, he had like the biggest church in America at that time, 10,000 people. So I couldn't even watch. I didn't even know how to think or ask. So I see God's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could think or ask. But if you would have told us back then, here's how the church is gonna look in 18 plus years, you know what I would have thought? Oh my gosh, as happy as we are now, how, how much more are we gonna be in that season? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna enjoy my life so much more in that season than I do now. I'm gonna be so, I'm gonna be so happier in that season because of, I guess, all the things that we, through God's grace, we have achieved, achieved we're, gonna, we're gonna be so much happier. But can I tell you this? We're no more happy in this season than we were with 150 people when we just started the church. Are you following me? Because achieving something to make you happy is a myth. It's a myth. So, so yeah, you can clap, it's okay. So here's how, life, here's how life really works. Every season, you know what was awesome about that season? Simple, simple season, new season. Every season, Think about your life, single, married, kids, early career, later career, whenever, every season has blessings and it has challenges. Are you following me? Every season has difficulties and it has, it has good times. You have good times, you have bad times, you have, you have all these different seasons and in that process, it's God developing you and forming his purpose in you because remember at the end of the day 
It's not about fulfilling your dream. It's about fulfilling his call. And too many of us are focused on fulfilling our dreams instead of focusing on fulfilling God's call on our life. If we focus on fulfilling his call, I promise you, the dreams God has for your life are exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could think or ask. Is anybody going to help me? Are y'all going to help me today? So look at this. Let's put up a couple of scriptures from Ecclesiastes. We've been in Ecclesiastes. Look how random this looks. In life, he says, I've seen something under the sun. The race is not to the swift, the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth, brilliant to the favor of the learned. Time and chance, everybody say time and chance. Time and chance happen to them all. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. If you're just looking at the world as we know it, and maybe your life as we know it, what this scripture is saying here is look, you know, it doesn't matter how much you prepare yourself or how much you try to protect yourself or whatever is going on, as long as you are under the sun in this world, there's this randomness about life. You know, you tried as hard, hard, hard as, I mean, you've been eating healthy all your life and bam, here comes this major health issue. And then here's the guy, you know, it's, it's like that, that, you know how people always say when you're talking about health, someone always knows an uncle that drank Jack Daniels every day and smoked two packs of cigarettes every day and ate a massive steak every single night and lived to 105. How many of y'all have heard that? When people start talking about, well, my, my granddaddy, my uncle, drank a bottle of bourbon a day, ate steak at every meal, ice cream every night, smoked four packs of cigarettes a day, lived to 107. You won't. <laughs> but what's the, what, what are we talking about there? It, doesn't it kind of seem random, some of those things? Really bad things happen to really good people. And, and you kind of look, and it kind of speaks to that. But look, but that's, that's just one half. That, that looks random. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, and he gives it more context here. He says, look, there's a time for everything, a season. Everybody say a season. There's a season for everything under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. See, some of y'all need to be working on your dance moves. A time to scatter stones, a, a, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. No group hug. A time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, now this is not even necessarily, yes, these things happen in your life. Keep, keep that up there for a second. It, but but it's, it's talking about the world in general, right? And I just want to say this thing when it, when it talks about hate right here. If you weren't here last weekend, I just want to say this right now with all the stuff going on in our country, all the stuff going on in Charlottesville, racism, white supremacy, any of that stuff, it is totally opposite of everything that the Bible teaches about Jesus and man 
and everything. Racism, listen, it is a sin. Do you understand that? It's a sin. It is a sin to think that a race or someone else is superior over another person or another race or anything like that just because of color or ethnicity or, or whatever like that. It is, a, it is a sin, and it goes against everything that God teaches us about his creation and man and Jesus. Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jew. White people, go deal with that. I'm just saying. We all come from Adam and Eve. The Bible says that God dictated under heaven every race, every person. God chose what color he wanted you to be. So if you got, oh, 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 I could preach on this right now. I got... God chose what color you're supposed to be. So if you got a problem with somebody's color, you got a problem with God. And if you really want to know how I think about it, go look at my Instagram. Mm. So, so watch, watch. So let me ask you this. Remember the previous scripture? You know, who knows? The race doesn't go to the fastest. It's just time and chance and cruel. Who knows? But, but, but it says something different here. There's kind of like this rhythm of life under the sun in a sinful, broken world. So see, what we see as random is actually rhythm. What we see as random is actually rhythm. And here's what God is saying. He's saying while we're under the sun, you're going to experience to some degree, many of, of us to a full degree, all of those different seasons, some good and some bad. And it's not until we get to eternity Above the sun does the bad half or the, the troublesome half or the painful half drop off because there's coming a day. There's not going to be any more mourning. There's not going to be any more weeping. Come on. There's not going to be any more tears. There's not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be any more suffering. So let, let me help. You're believing God for healing? We're believing God for your healing under the sun. But you know what? One day... We're all going to be healed. Some of you are going to get healed under the sun. Some of you will get healed above the sun when you enter into eternity. Come on, look. Some of you have been trying to lose weight for years. So listen, some of you are going to lose weight while you're here on earth. Don't worry. When you get to heaven, those pounds are dropping off, baby. Do you see? Put that scripture back up there. I'm not done. I'm off my notes now. Y'all better tighten up, media. Look. So, so watch. This is why it's so important. Look. Don't compare your season of mourning 
to somebody else's season of dancing. There's a rhythm. Everybody has their time, a time and season. Don't compare your season of weeping to somebody else's season of laughter. Or don't look at your season of laughter and think, man, they're having a better season of laughter. All of that under the sun, comparison, that's not where we compare. You know where we compare? We compare our under the sun circumstance to our above the sun reality. That's where we compare. We don't compare amongst ourselves. What we do is we compare our circumstances here on earth to what the reality is in heaven. And that's why we have to be so careful. Listen, I'm pro, chase your dreams. Follow your dreams. My dream. Go for it. Understand vision, goals, dreams, all of that. Absolutely. However, we need to be careful about what we're expecting or what we mean by we're chasing our dreams or following our dreams. Because what many people, when they say, I'm going after my dreams, what they're really saying is, there are certain things that I have to achieve in this life under the sun in order for me to be happy. There are certain things that I have to achieve under the sun in this life in order for me to be happy. But here's the thing about dreams. Those dreams never work out like you think they're gonna work out, okay? The Bible says, that, so, so, so you, we have these dreams, we have these desires, things that we think we need to achieve in order to be happy. Here's what the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you what? The desires of your heart. If you focus on fulfilling your calling, instead of just trying to fulfill your dream, guess what? God will give you both, and the dream will be way better than you thought it was. Just think about that. From Okay, so, so who had dreams in the Bible? Jo Joseph. So think about Joseph in the Bible, right? God gives him a dream. It's his dream. His family's bowing down to him. You know, he's, he's some kind of ruler. He's all fired up. He got a dream. Yet right after the dream, his life began to go away that was totally opposite from what his dream said. But what we see in the life of Joseph was he didn't get caught up on the why and when and how and my dream. He didn't get caught up in that. You know what he did? He stayed faithful to God. And he focused on being a man of God and fulfilling his calling as a man of God with integrity wherever he was. So think about this. He, he gets this great dream, but then he's thrown into prison. See, many of us, there's an area in our life right now that, that we feel is a prison. Think about that. What area in your life right now do you feel like is a prison? And do not point to the person next to you. Anyway. He's got me in chains. 
What area of your life do you feel like a prison? You just want to get out of. You want to escape. See, see, it's interesting what happened to Joseph in the prison. In the prison is where he had his first prophetic dream, like a big part of his gifting and purpose that would propel him to where God wanted him. Here's, here's what happened when Joseph went in the prison. He found his purpose in the prison, not out of the prison. That's where he started getting these dreams. See, see, many times we look at our prisons and we think we got to get out of those prisons. No, the prison is the very place that God has you so he can develop his purpose in you so he can move you to the next level. That's worth a clap right there. It's worth a clap. Your, your pain, we want to get out of the pain, but it's in the pain where we learn how to trust in God, you'll find God's promise in the pain. It's seasons of pain. It's, it's the other half of those things. It's, it, it's, 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 it's the other side. It's, it's what we would say is the, the bad side. That's where we find God's promise in the pain. And we can find our purpose in the prison. Because at the end of the day, here's the other thing about all our goals and dreams and aspirations it's not about you your dream your vision if it's connected to God's purpose it's not about you and any dream or vision that is disconnected from God's purpose is really going to leave you frustrated talk about prisons who he had to be frustrated to a degree how about the apostle Paul Come on, man. I mean, Paul kind of came late to the game, first missionary journey. Uh, he, he's 59 years old. I mean, he's out there, man. He's preaching. He's on the preacher's circuit. He's planting all these churches. All of a sudden, he just gets thrown into prison. And it's like, you know, he's, he was like on the huge apostolic circuit doing all these miracles, planting all these churches. Now he's like, you know, he's like witnessing to the guard. But see, here's what Paul didn't know then, is that the reason why God needed him in prison, it wasn't about him. It was about us because we needed a Bible. You ever thought about that? Was Paul going to take time off from his preaching and church planning circuit to sit down and write all those letters that are now holy scripture at the end of the day what Paul couldn't see then was that he actually found his purpose in the prison it wasn't about him it was about us it's about the world needing holy scripture the prison that you're in right now can be directly linked to the purpose that God has for your life to eventually be a blessing for somebody else. Come on, look at somebody and say, it's not about you. It's not about you. Some of you looking at me like, it's not about you. It ain't never been about you. It never will be about you. It's always been about you. No. Oh, man. Look at this. Remember, many are the plans of a man, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord directs his steps. So 
We right-size expectation. Everybody say right-size expectation. A little review here. We upsize appreciation. Say upsize appreciation. And here's the last thing I'm going to preach on just for the next few, few, few moments here. And this kind of concludes this series. We're going to revise evaluation. We're going to revise evaluation. You know, if you're in the corporate world, you watch Shark Tank, evaluation is so important. If you don't have the correct evaluation of the company or the business or the partnership that you're about to get involved with, that could, that could cause you a lot of hurt. You know what I find out about people? They have the wrong evaluation of themselves, of their life, and they're hurting and they're frustrated in life when they're actually doing a whole lot better than they realize. So my goal for these next few minutes is to get you to reconsider your evaluation in light of the further evidence that I'm bringing you today, which, by the way, is the definition of revise. Put that definition up there. Revise, to reconsider in light of further evidence. I want you to revise the evaluation of your life. I want you to reconsider it in light of further evidence because the Bible says this, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the what? The evidence of things not seen. And here's the other thing I need you to do. I need you to start comparing. I need you to get an attitude of comparison. I just need you to compare the right things. Look what the Apostle Paul says here. Look at this. And he had a little bit of advantage because remember the Apostle Paul, Scripture tells us that he actually went above the sun. That he actually, he didn't know, he said, I don't know if I was in body, out of body, whether they beam me up like Star Trek. I don't know what's going on. But I went above the sun to the third heaven. He said it was so spectacular what we're going to experience for all eternity. I, I could, there's no earthly language or words that can even begin to describe it. So everywhere we see Paul, he's in constant trouble, constant distress, constant pain, all of the time. He's always in this attitude of comparison or evaluation, but he's comparing the right thing. So you've heard comparison is bad. Well, the wrong kind of comparison is bad. The right kind of comparison is biblical and very necessary if we're gonna have the right perspective. Let me just say it like this. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Look at this. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed day by day for this light and momentary affliction. Everybody say light and momentary. It's momentary. Look, it's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond what? All comparison. So what would happen when the Apostle Paul would get in distress? He would actually compare. He would think about eternity, and he'd be like, it's no comparison. Then he goes on, look, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient or temporal, but the things that are unseen are what? Eternal. Keep going, Romans, Romans. Look what he says here. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. He's constantly comparing, constantly. He compares above and beneath, 
And he also compares, compares the inside to the outside like, like this. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Come on, what is on the inside of you is far greater than whatever painful or troubling circumstance is on the outside of you. You just have to have the right perspective. You can't just compare your under the sun circumstance to another under the sun circumstance. No, Paul says you compare your under the sun circumstance to your above the sun reality that's what the truth is. That's why God says what? You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are above. You're not beneath. Your real life is with God. It is with Jesus. You do have Jesus. You do have power. God's already given you everything that you need to be successful in this life. You don't have to get more from God. You got it all when you got Jesus. He can't love you anymore. He's given you all the power. He's given you everything that you will ever need to enjoy this life and be supremely happy in the next. Come on, man. You know the Bible says this. Can I have five more minutes? I'm, I, will, I will shorten my messages when football starts. And Dr. Cloud preaches real short, so I'm just going to kind of take a little time from him. Five more minutes. You know what I, I, uh, I love doing in August? I watch a lot of college football replays from last year. How many of you are excited about college football? Do you know? College football, it's, it starts next week. Not everybody plays next week, but there's some games I'm going to be watching, like East Idaho Tech versus Western Delaware a and I'm all over it. Anything college football, I'm there. But, I, I, you know, I'm an LSU fan. Y'all know that. And uh, go for net. Go Jags. And so anyway, uh, I'm for the other Jags running backs too. They're going to have a great year this year. This, anyway, it's amazing. I'll get into these games. Watch, watch. I know the score. I know LSU's going to win. But I'm watching the replay, and I'm thinking, like, I start getting nervous. Like, they just fumbled. They're down by 10. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? And in my mind, I'm like, how are they going to win this game? They did win this game, right? Like, I'm... Watch, it's like I'm in the moment. I'm like, oh, he fumbled like it looks so bad. Did and then what I'll do is I'll pull back. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I am watching a replay. <laughs> I know the score. I know they win the game. I can't remember how they get out of this mess, but somehow they do because I know the score. The Bible says your days, all your days were written out in a book. And God knows the score. And you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And you might be in a situation right now and you don't know how you're getting out. I don't know either, but God does. And I know the final score. Oh, somebody help me. Man. Mm. Remember, we're just in a temporal world. The Bible says our lives are but a vapor. I want to give you something as I close here, my fourth and final closing of this message. 
Many of you, you know, I'm always joking a lot of times. I'm telling stories about when I was a missionary uh, in the Amazon. And uh, when we really started going into the deep jungle in the Amazon, we'd usually go, sometimes we'd go for three weeks. Usually it was about two weeks. And we really would, we would go deep, deep in the Amazon. And I had the privilege of preaching the gospel to people that have never heard and had never heard the name of Jesus. And uh, no matter what reality shows you watch, no matter what, you know, what, what you think, I'm telling you, in the deep Amazon jungle, by far, more than anything else, the worst thing is the bugs. I mean, those Amazon bugs. And when I would go up in that jungle, when those bugs saw my big white gringo behind walking up in that jungle, it was like buffet time, it is on. <laughs> I mean, I, we would get in that jungle, it was just like, oh man, just, and they would just eat you. I know what some of you military guys are thinking. Oh, you should have got the military grade deed. Oh, I did. Six bottles. They, they, that, that's like putting uh, uh, appetizer salt. I, I looked one time, I saw a mosquito pick up a deep bottle and, and like chug it like water to quench his thirst because he'd been eating me all night. There ain't no amount of insect, nothing. They laugh at that, these bugs. So what would happen? What would happen is we would, we, after about three days, you start running a fever because you have all the bug bites and you're, and you're itching. And so you, you, with all the toxins, you start running a fever and you're, you're sleeping, you know, on the floor of a, of a hut and it's so, so hot and you're under this mosquito net, but that didn't, they just eat through that mosquito net. You know, it's like the tortilla wrapper on a fajita. That's just like that. Just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and then, thank you, Jesus, after about seven days, your body builds up some type of immune inoculation, something, and the fever breaks, and they still, you know, eat you, but it's not nearly as bad. It's, it's you know, it's doable and all that. But I can remember, I learned this trick in the mission field. It would be those nights, man, the bugs and the fever and hot and all that. And I'm, I'm in there, and, man, I start thinking about the good old USA. Man, I start thinking about AC, air conditioning. Somebody holla. <laughs> like, I, would, I, would, I, would, I start thinking about my bed. Oh, my pillows. Oh, my comforter. I start thinking about food. I mean, I just got through, they'd serve you turtle eggs. That's what, turtle eggs, you had to eat them. They, uh, because you, if you didn't, you're like refusing that, it's like refusing their gift. So you had to eat these turtle eggs, so I'd sit there and force them down. And then I'd go outside and I'd throw up. And, uh, and then I'd see the village pigs come and eat my throw up. They also ate other things that came out of your body. And then the next night, I would see we were having pig for dinner. But I can remember I'd just be sitting there and I think about air conditioning, I think about my bed, I think about all those comforts, okay? And here's what I would tell myself. So you just, you just got two weeks left. You've got the whole rest of the year to enjoy AC. I would think about the, how, I, how I feel and I, I think I got the whole rest of the year to sleep in my bed. I got the whole rest of the year to eat good food, 
It's just two weeks. You know, I still use that principle today, like when I'm on a fast and I drive by and I smell like a hamburger place. And I'm like, man, I want a hamburger. I still say it. You know what? I got the whole rest of the year to eat hamburgers. I can do this for two weeks. Some of you need to learn that practice. We got the whole rest of the billion times trillion times zillion years of all and eternity to be healed and joyful and laugh and God make everything beautiful and it's time and God make everything right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is a mission trip. That's why Jesus going to all the world, preach the gospel and make disciples. It's called the Great Commission. We're on a mission trip down here on this earth and we need to constantly remind ourselves we were not created for this place. We're created for another place and that we're supposed to yearn for that. That's why, listen, in our lives, listen, no matter what season that you're in, the Bible says goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No matter where you are, you feel stuck. Listen, there's goodness and mercy on its way. It's going to follow you wherever you go and God's going to lead you step by step. You fulfill his calling, he'll fulfill your dreams. But at the end of the day, we weren't made for here. We were made for his house in eternity. Come on, I want you to give him a praise right now. Come on, come on. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.